Central Ohio is a hub of businesses large and small, including nonprofit and social enterprise organizations, all connected by the experiences we share and the stories we tell. Your BBB wants to showcase businesses who are working every day to build trust and support our communities. BBB SparkCast is where we can learn from local entrepreneurs firsthand. Hello, listeners, and thanks for joining us for this episode of BBB SparkCast. My name is Anna Sapelsa, the Content, Communication, and Inclusion Coordinator with your BBB. Today, I'm joined by Lori Wengard, who is the owner and president of Home Care Assistance. Home Care Assistance takes a unique approach to care for seniors. They offer concierge-level services and care management to each and every client. They're able to achieve this by attracting the most innovative, creative, compassionate, and committed employees. Home Care Assistance has been recognized as an industry leader, has won multiple awards for their commitment to excellence, and was one of our recipients of our Tour Tours in 2018. They also work to educate others on how we can change the conversation around aging at home. Lori, we're so glad to have you here today. Thank you so much for joining us. Well, hi, Anna. Thank you so much for inviting me. Absolutely. Uh, So we're just going to jump right in. Um, COVID obviously changed everything, but it upended how people deal with in-home care for the elderly people in their life. Um, I noticed in a newsletter that you instituted an on-staff COVID expert. Um, How did that role evolve over time and how has it helped your team? Well, you know, one thing we know for sure about COVID is that nothing is for sure. <laughs> so, <laughs> having that, um, so right away, right when we heard everything was being shut down, um, just this unbelievable, we all remember, right? This like, mm-hmm. is this really happening? And then for business owners, it's like, I, what do we do now? Yeah. So um, I knew at the time that having, and, and of course, because we're doing in-home care and we've got mm-hmm people going in and out of, of older adult homes and in, into their retirement communities as well, that we were like right there on the front line. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, as people talk about the healthcare workers, they mean doctors and nurses, but I'll tell you the in-home care industry, which is very, very large, even in the state of Ohio, um, mm-hmm. was, was right there. So every time somebody thanks the frontline workers, I always think about our own employees because the most vulnerable population are older adults. And we knew that every day, you know, we were very vulnerable Um, with, you know, potentially causing damage if we didn't do things right. So having this Mm -hmm. on-staff COVID expert allowed one person to focus on everything that was happening and all the changes that were coming about. Um, The CDC uh, was doing a great job, but they had a new announcement, it seems like every couple hours. (laughs) (laughs) So by having that person stay on top of all that's involved, it really allowed the rest of our team to, um, to focus on the client side of things, taking care of our clients, making sure our caregivers had their questions answered. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, and I'm sure a, that was yeah. really important for them. Yeah, it was because as scary as it was for us in the office to think about, you know, how do we make, um, keep everybody safe? Imagine the people who were actually going into the home. Um, they were, of course, afraid for their own safety as well as they take very seriously their their role, you know, as professional caregivers, and they didn't want to cause any harm to their clients. So we had to be there to support um, so many people. And um, like, you know, that COVID expert helped. I mean, she was on webinars, probably six of eight hours every single day. Yeah, just kind of watching to see what we had to know. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Well, and then updating your team on everything and getting that information out to the people that you're taking care of. I'm sure that was a bit of a strain as well, just making sure everyone was safe and up to date on everything. Yeah. And it continues, you know, um, 
I mean, we saw it. I think a lot of us feel, you know, in Ohio particularly that, you know, we did we did almost I wouldn't say better, um, but the beginning of COVID was was hard. But there wasn't a whole wasn't we weren't impacted quite as much as we started to see as fall um, of 2020 came about, and then of course winter. So um, having that COVID expert has helped us get through this whole entire year. I can't believe it's been a year, <laughs> but right, <laughs> whole entire year has been yeah right. Hard to believe. Um, so like you were saying, you're a company that deals with health and safety for older individuals. Um, and kind of like we covered, I'm sure your team learned a lot from the pandemic itself and from um, having to stay up to date to everything and changing how you interact with um, these older individuals. Uh, what were some of the most important lessons that you learned from this challenging time, do you think? We, yeah, that's a great question because the lessons are many. And I think sometimes when we're in a crisis like this, you sometimes forget, you know, as an owner or even an individual to step back and think about how far we've come, right? Mm -hmm. So when you ask that question about lessons learned, I mean, um, there's some lessons just from my own personal self and from the company like trust, you know, mm -hmm. if you're in a situation that's a crisis and you have no choice but to trust each other, trust yeah. the CDC, trust mm -hmm. God, <laughs> trust mm -hmm. our clients and our families, and um, just having to give up some sense of control and just hope that we're all doing the right thing was a huge lesson, and it was a good life lesson, right? Because that's the way that we should be living our lives a little more. So trust was the biggest issue that's come out of it, and um, I think whether it's at a family level or a business level or you know um, community level, I think we've come to appreciate each other better. Um, mm -hmm you know, through the COVID as well. So there are a couple other things too um, that came to mind. And um, one of the things, two of the things that, that really have helped us um, become better as a society happened during COVID. And one of them, oddly enough, was telemedicine. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I um, Before, there was a lot of ability to do medicine and, and support groups and, and webinars and things. Uh, the ability was there to mm -hmm. do it um, on uh, um platforms like Zoom or what you know WebEx and all those different platforms that exist but telemedicine um, was not really widely accepted before COVID uh, there was kind of let's wait and see if it's necessary you know insurance would didn't want to pay for it Medicare didn't want to pay for it Medicaid didn't want to pay for it because it was unproven well this kind of forced us into a situation where about the only way some people many of us got health care was via video mm -hmm. um, whether it was therapy or actual health care so I can't tell you Anna how much that's going to improve lives of people now that it's an accepted practice because you know we're we're fortunate here in central ohio to have a very strong health system with a, a specialist for every single possible <laughs> sickness that you could have mm -hmm. but you know just in ohio alone um the number of people who aren't well served by specialists by you know they don't have doctors nearby um you know the rural communities where people can't get out easily to get to a medical facility um, the ability now to be able to, to be cared for um, on a, in a different kind of format has been an incredible gift that's come out of this pandemic. And then I have one more thing, if you have a second mm -hmm. for me to, um, this whole concept of isolation. You mm -hmm. know, we all realize as, you know, those of us who are mobile and getting out all the time and able to get, you know, we're working or we're volunteering or we're very active, all mm -hmm. of a sudden realize the impact of isolation. Mm -hmm. um, and what that has shown us is that we are feeling something that many people have felt for a long time. Mm 
Mm-hmm. A lot of our elder population has felt that isolation. They didn't know even that that word existed necessarily. They couldn't define it. But now we're a lot more sympathetic um, to to what you know the fact that people need each other. And I think mm-hmm. that's an incredible incredible gift too that come from the pandemic because we're able to address isolation differently. Yeah, definitely. And I think too. Um, the aspect of isolation, especially in older communities, is a pandemic in and of itself a little bit. Um, I know for years that's always kind of been top of mind when people have been talking about aging. It's, you know, staying in touch with friends, making sure that you make new connections. Um, Was that something that your in-home caregivers had to um, assist with a little bit? Um, Is that something that they kind of came up against as a challenge when they were caring for these um, older individuals at the height of the pandemic? Yeah, yeah. What a what a change that was, right? For um, yeah. for older adults to realize the only way they could communicate with their family would be, try, you know, you know, through smartphones, phones, or iPads. And many, many of our clients don't not only don't have that technology, they don't have the ability necessarily to figure out how to download an app and open it up and and communicate with family that way. Right. So um, our yeah, our caregivers absolutely they've been uh, been able to you know be right there for the families and, you know, and say, Hey, your mom would like to talk to you. And it's not just the telephone, you know, they can see mm-hmm. the video of the grandkids playing and, and we've been able to help facilitate that for sure. Yeah, that's incredible. And I'm sure that's been so helpful for so many of the older individuals to feel less alone and to feel in contact with, um, their loved ones. I know my grandparents learned how to use zoom and all of that too. And that was a huge help for them. So, um, I'm sure yeah. that was a, big lift to their spirits. Well, it's been a big lift to mine, probably into yours, right? I mean, look at yeah. how important it was for us to get on Zoom call with friends, you know, who we haven't, you know, been able to sit with at restaurants anymore. And um, yeah, so it, it, it's, uh, it's been, a, it, like you said, it's a different, it's a pandemic in its own, this concept of isolation, for sure. Absolutely. Um, so changing topics a little bit, um, if you were to give advice okay. to individuals trying to decide how to move forward with helping their aging loved ones, what would it be? So especially right now, as you know, the vaccines are kind of rolling out things, there's a light very far at the end of the tunnel, but it's still a light. Um, and they're <laughs> trying to decide how to help their aging loved ones, you know, trying to decide, should we do in-home care? Should we send them to, you know, a full-time facility? Um, what advice would you have for those people? Well, so the facts, so the pandemic has, you know, has shut down a lot of parts of our economy, right? And some mm-hmm. families are now, you know, working from home. And for some people, that means that's good. They're working from home and their mother lives down the street. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're able to keep an eye on them for, oh, uh, they're working from home and their mother lives across the country. So yeah. um, it's hard to really know what's going on for some people. And for other people, they have a whole new appreciation for what's happening. So I think the first thing in anybody's situation is to really just do it, you know, just assess the situation, just like you would in business, you know, mm-hmm. just what is the situation analysis, you know, where, what's mm-hmm. the, what's the current, um, what does the current situation look like? And I always recommend that people look at, you know, three things, and that's the, you know, the finances, which is incredibly important and the legal side of things, you know, where is mom or dad um, financially with things? Mm-hmm. What does, um, what does their current and their, their future outlook, um, what is it like? making sure you've talked to their financial planner, making sure that beneficiaries are in place so that if something were to happen, um, you know, the whole concept of going to probate wouldn't 
have to happen because beneficiaries are in place. So it is a long process. You really have to do it with, with financial planning experts and elder law attorneys. So assess financial situation, um, assess people's environment, um, assess your older adult's environment. You know, if they were to stay home or even if, you know, it, you know, um, even if they're going to stay home temporarily for the next couple of years, what needs to be done to the home to make it safe? Because there are a lot of changes that can really keep people just safer in their own home. And then I, I, I often recommend that people assess um, emotionally too. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, having that conversation, well, that's, you know, having that conversation with the older adult in your life about, um, you know, you're going to, you're probably most likely 70% of people after the age of 65 are going to need help. So, mm -hmm. you know, you're going to, you know, if you want to stay home, um, as we know, 90% of people want to do, then you're going to have to accept the fact that we're going to have to, at some point, get help. So um, just making sure that everybody is aware that that is going to be um, necessary and that family members start thinking about assessing their own emotions uh, around caregiving. You know, mm -hmm. is this something I can do? How much can I do? Or is this something that isn't my, you know, in my wheelhouse? which is, there's no shame in that. Um, you know, can I be the one to help bathe mom or dad, or am I going to need somebody um, in my life to help me take care of them, doing their personal care, helping with meals and that kind of thing. So thinking about that ahead of time is really important. Mm -hmm. and, then, um, and then I mentioned the word conversation. That, that comes next. I mean, mm -hmm. unless your loved one has, you know, is deep into uh, a dementia where they're not able to make their own decisions, yeah. Um, have that conversation with the older adults in your life, you know, um, you know, tell them, say, hey, I'd like to talk about what you want as you age. And um, maybe it doesn't have to be done. You know, don't necessarily do it on Christmas morning or Easter afternoon. <laughs> um, say, let's, uh, yeah, don't surprise them. Hey, we right. want to know. We want to know now. <laughs> Merry Christmas. We're having so, this very difficult yeah, discussion. Merry Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> you need help. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> well, believe me, that happens a lot. <laughs> but but so say you know hey let's choose a time where I come over for brunch and I you know I'll bring some you know bagels and we'll sit around and talk about what you want and in the meantime between now and that meeting why don't you think about what you want and then really just listen because yeah. that's gonna you know especially if there's you know more than one person who's a part of the conversation when the time comes that help is needed you can gather together and like what did you hear mom say well I heard her mm -hmm. say she wanted this and it's going to help everybody to really understand um, what the older adult wants. Because ultimately it's, you know, you try, everybody wants to do what they would like to do as long as that's as far as that's possible. Yeah, absolutely. And I think listening is just such a big component to all of this, you know, really listening and yeah. kind of parroting back what you think that they're saying. And just so that way there are no cross wires and there isn't a miscommunication or anything like that is so important. Exactly. Going back a little bit, um, you did mention uh, getting the home prepared, um, making it a little bit more safe for older individuals. Do you have any um, tips or um, examples of how to make a home safer for an older individual? Well, I think sometimes it's interesting for uh, an able-bodied, like the adult child, to kind of walk through the house with a different set of eyes. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, kind of shuffle as you walk through the house, you know, things yeah. like as your feet catching on, you know, we always hear about the throw rugs, you know, mm -hmm. um, um, are, you know, are, are all the hallways lit? We know that older mm -hmm. adults like to keep their lights low, which, you know, or keep them off in the room, and then they have to walk across the room to hit the light switch. Mm -hmm. So, you know, how can we have um, night lights in the rooms? How safe is the bathroom? 
um, grab bars, um, that kind of thing. Is the bed low enough um, to help them get in easily? And are couches high enough and chairs so that they can get mm -hmm. out of it easily? So there are a lot of um, um, materials out there that can help somebody really go through their house and assess if it's, if it's, if it's safe. But we do know that aging in place is, is completely possible, but the older adult, there's some give and take, right? They have to recognize that some things may have to change. Absolutely. And so looking forward, do you think because of COVID and, um, you know, the restrictions being placed on nursing homes and how people couldn't really visit their loved ones in person, um, do you see a trend of more people choosing in-home care for their loved ones as a way to help care for them and um, keep them comfortable as they age? Oh, for sure. Um, mm -hmm. um, it's, and it's not because, you know, communities are dangerous by any means. It did show that, you know, what can happen when you're, there's a lot of vulnerable people in one place, um, mm -hmm. but that's not the fault of a retirement community. But right. I do see that, um, yeah, yeah, I do know that um, the whole concept of staying at home is being talked about so much more now because it is, you know, the, the pandemic has showed that it is possible if people have the right amount of care. Um, we also know that um, in, in the facility, when things had to shut down, that um, so many people had to suffer alone. Mm -hmm. um, you know, people were, you know, older adults who were afraid or who were sick or even who were dying had to do it alone. And I think a lot of people don't want to repeat that necessarily. And, um, and in the, the whole concept, you know, when you move into a retirement community, um, your period of independence where you move in and you're going to activities and um, is can be fairly short. There is mm -hmm. going to come a time where even in a community, you're going to need some help. So um, really think about, you know, can that be provided at home? Because mm -hmm. at home with a caregiver, you have one-on-one -on -one care, which you really never get in a community. Yeah. Um, and then the other um, concept, Anna, that comes to mind is just, you know, the baby boomers um, who were born in the first, the oldest ones are mm -hmm. uh, like 75, 76 years old now. So they're, you know, they're the next big group of people who are going to be choosing community living versus staying at home. And um, yeah. it's always been a very independent organization or um, generation. And mm -hmm. uh, I do think that living in a single generation community um, isn't necessarily going to be something that they're going to look for. So unless communities change and find a way to have intergenerational housing and activities, um, I think home care is going to even be become more important. Yeah, absolutely. And there is just something comforting about being able to stay in your own home and um, amongst your own things and knowing where things are. That's a large comfort, I'm sure, to people as they age and get older. Yeah, that is very true. Um, it's what they know. Like, you know, mm -hmm. imagine, I hate to use the word yanked. That sounds so cruel. But can you imagine kind of feeling like you're being yanked from your home now? Come on, come on, Anna. Right. <laughs> <laughs> we don't think you're doing well. Let's go. <laughs> So, I mean, that's why they, for sure. <laughs> right, right. But that's why having them be part of a conversation, because there are certainly some people who are you know, like, yes, I think I would like to be in a smaller place where yeah. my meals are provided, you know, so that's, there's nothing wrong with that. But that's where that conversation becomes really important. So, yeah. And then the other thing is, too, I think people sometimes don't think about this. When, when somebody moves into a community, you know, their, um, their, their, their concept of home has changed. So will their, you know, five grandchildren and they're, you know, come over and hang with them for an entire day and watch football um, mm -hmm. like they would if they were still in their home. You know, is it, you know, grandma's home where they each have their, you know, own place to sleep and, you know, they're getting up early and making breakfast together. Um, 
is something I saw with my own parents when as they both um, aged in, at home with, with mm-hmm. around-the-clock care. Um, yeah. Our ability to all be there together as a family was, was a real blessing for us. Yeah, that's invaluable. You know, that's time you're never going to get back. And that's the greatest gift really of in-home care, I feel like, is just being able to keep those memories going. And so with the vaccine becoming um, more widely available, and it seems like we're moving into phase two here, especially in Ohio, um, how do you see the future of home care shifting? I'm sure when COVID started, home care assistance um, pivoted and made some pretty big changes to how you do things. Um, but do you see those changes staying? Do you see more changes being made? What do you kind of, if you could gaze into the crystal ball of in-home care, uh, how do you think things are going to uh, change as the vaccine becomes more available and um, a sense of normalcy kind of returns? Oh, good question. Yeah, let's hope a sense of normalcy returns, right? Because right. we thought it would be by now. But no, I mean, I'm being facetious. Yes, it, obviously it will. Um, I know that um, our our caregiver, professional caregivers, we've always been used to this whole concept of universal safety precautions, right? Where mm-hmm. we're, we know yeah. that the importance of washing our hands and cleaning mm-hmm. surfaces and sanitizing. But now the whole world kind of understands that. Yeah. So I think there's going to be a bigger appreciation um, for um, just safe, you know, just safe, just being safer. If you have a cold, you know, um, Mm -hmm. if you have, you know, if you're not feeling well or just washing your hands in general. So I think that's, you know, that's going to really help um, people, you know, stay healthier um, Mm -hmm. in in the home or anywhere. Um, But I think as far as home care itself, I, I, families are starting to see that, you know, the, you know, while the, while the older adult in their life might want, I only need one hour a day or somebody could come over for two hours a day, Mm -hmm. uh, four hours a, a week, I think families are starting to see when there's 168 hours in a week, um, four hours of help really isn't going to cut it. So, right. um, you know, mom, we need someone, we need to have someone there every day to help get your meal, you know, every, to help get your breakfast and your lunch ready. And if they leave at the end of the day with your dinner in the fridge ready for you, that's great. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, it's not going to be an every other day hit or miss thing. If you need help, you need help. And it's probably right. going to be every day. Um, so I think that's, I think there's a better appreciation for not being a Band-Aid for the older adult, but providing real help for them. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Is there any other topic that we didn't cover, Lori, or is there anything else that you'd like to uh, discuss before we sign off? Anna, I think we covered a lot of things today. <laughs> I appreciate <laughs> you very, appreciate you very much. But um, I just want to, you know, um, thank everybody who's listening to this you know, for the appreciation that you've all had for those frontline workers, because Mm -hmm. I'm telling you from the person who's taken those phone calls, many of our people were really, really um, afraid about what was happening with this pandemic, but they did Mm -hmm. it. You know, they, they took one foot in front of the other and they knew that their clients needed them there. And without Mm -hmm. them there, they would have nobody and they were able to do it. And I I know they felt appreciated by the world at large. Uh, yeah. And so those the listeners, you know, were all part of that. I mean, not forgetting who the real heroes were in this in this case. And um, it made, I think it's really helped with with everybody's uh, mood, shall we say, and with feeling appreciated. Absolutely. Yeah. Just a big overarching thank you to all the frontline workers out there. There is not enough thanks in the world for everything that you've done throughout this pandemic. So, Lori, thank you and all your workers for everything that you've done and for making sure all of your clients are staying safe and their families have peace of mind and uh, can have a few more years with them. Yeah, thank you. 
Mm -hmm. And Lori, if anyone has any questions about home care assistance or about the work that you do, what is the best place for them to contact you? Two things. Um, we like when people call us because usually they call and they say, I have an emergency <laughs> or how can you help? <laughs> and we do answer our phones 24 seven. So it's mm -hmm. a 614-481-8888. And if you just want some information about what kind of services are offered when we say home care, you can go to home care assistance columbus.com. Wonderful. Uh, and Lori, thank you again for joining us. And listeners, be sure to subscribe to BBB Sparkcast so you don't miss out on the conversation. And if there's a topic that you'd like to hear about, feel free to email us at podcast at centralohio.bbb.org. We look forward to you joining us next time.